Welcome to week nine of the Queens of the Island podcast, the Australian Survivor Recap podcast straight from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michelle Pierce-Denevin, and joining me today is someone I wouldn't trust to pour coconut water in my mouth, Benjamin Powell. <laughs> oh, you read it like on Play School, like Noni, what's her face? No, I don't. I am not Noni Hazelhurst. <laughs> I, was waiting for you, I was waiting for you to end that with, and that's the end of the story. That's <laughs> Can I say, though, that I would trust you more than Michael? Yeah, that's pretty much a universal thing. You know, I think Michael would be up to no good, serious no good. I trust him to fill in for podcasts when I'm away, but that's it. Oh, that's funny. It's the English. We can't even even trust the stay in the the European Union. Oh, I know. (laughs) They have issues. (laughs) All right, so I'm back from outer space. I you just popped w- in to find me here with that sad look upon your face. Well, not that sad, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you were sick at one point. I was you? sick at one point. My computer was was off for another point, and then my internet stopped working for another point. You know, Peril's living in Australia. And then I was attacked by a, a herd of giant spiders. You know, the normal stuff. That, that happens, yeah. Shit happens. So, previously on Australian Survivor, the once mighty Sinapu alliance was split into two. Lee, Elle, and Christy were on one side, and Sam, Matt, and Brooke on the other, with Flick in the middle. However, Flick was working on a massive blindside, and blindsided Brooke in a 4-3 vote in seventh place, voting out our closest ally from day one. Six are left. Who will go home this week? Well, we already know who will go home this week, but you get the idea. Yes, exactly. Um, I was shocked with Brooke going home, because I thought they were so tight that they were going to go to final two together. Yeah, I thought that was, I thought the season was going to lead up to uh, Flick getting blindsided at one point and Brooke sort of ascending in the edit to take up her mantle and win the game. So mm. to see it go into a completely different direction was pretty shocking. Especially when everyone was saying for quite a long time, Brooke's got the winner's edit. And then off she goes. Mm. I think, um, I'd like to think that the editors know, um, know edgic sort of exists because like, that's how. That's where most of the winner edit sort of stuff comes from. So, like, they're playing around with it, making her look like all this sort of vague stuff to make her look like the winner, and then she gets blindsided in a huge episode. Yeah, that'd be good. It'd be good if someone who does podcasts like this or who is a super fan who knows edits would just muck around with all the super fans who think they know things and then just just change tack totally. Well, that's sort of what's happening this season, really, just in general, because, like, everyone expected Kate and Connor and Kylie to go far because they're good people or whatever, and then they're all voted out really early. That's fun, mm. to, that's fun to watch them all outraged that, that, that the mean girls are getting far. Ah, stop it with the mean girls. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I just, I, I, oh, I can't. Yes, how dare they vote people out in, in Survivor? How dare people try to, um, you know, get to the end by, you know, telling people they'll... Vote with them and they're not. It's almost like there's a monetary reward at the end. <laughs> so once they get from back, once they get back from Tropic Council, uh, well, Sam's shocked. Shocked that anyone ever, would ever do anything against him, really. He's devastated. Devo. He's Devo. <laughs> He's Michelle, de- it's Devo. <laughs> Sorry, Aussie. <laughs> I'm not sure if you actually said that, but we'll just go with that. Yeah, yeah. And Matt Matt said he's been true to his word the entire time. I can't guarantee that. I can't remember. Hmm. I don't either. Uh, Lee tries to defend the move by saying that they moved on him first, which is fair enough. But then Sam follows that up by saying, if you take it personal, it's not my fault, it's your fault. And it's like, I'm going to be a bit, I'm going to be a bit blue here, but like, fuck off, tool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you don't get to you don't get to dictate how people feel. Yeah, yeah. And, and you don't get to dictate all this moral crusading just because you got outwitted in survival. Outwitted? Is that a word? Yeah, outwitted. Outwitted. You, outwitted. you don't get to dictate how people feel. Yeah, you can't. So the next the next morning we get Flick defending her big move, and she tries to patch things up with Matt because like he's pretty much the closest person in the alliance from remaining who isn't Sam. And uh, she, she tells him that, that Sammy and Brooke were controlling the game and trusted she trust and she trusted them less than Ellen Lee. And uh, he wasn't told because people couldn't trust him. Sucks for you, I guess, Matt. But then, then he actually does say that line about how he says he's like literally the only person in the entire game who's been true to his word the entire game, and that's him. And it's like, no, nobody believes that. No, 
And how can he say that, you know, categorically? Has he known everybody in the game? No, he hasn't. Um, it's just but, like it's sort of like thin, thinly veiled moral crusading. It's really it's like I'm annoyed by this so far, and I hope this happens less next season. Next season, exciting. Um, that conversation will I will come back to this conversation during the podcast because one of the things that they talked about, um, and Matt was getting his back up, and Flick was saying it's just a game, which it is, and he was saying but it's not just a game, there are feelings involved. And I'm saying, okay, if I play Monopoly at home, I have a lot of feelings if I'm not winning. Yeah. And it's a game. Well, I mean, <laughs> for one thing, like, well, there are feelings involved in games, and so you sort of have to, like, scale it, scale it up or down to that. But also, to say it's just a game is just an excuse. And I'm like, and considering what happens in the rest of the episode, it's like, remember, remember that one, kiddies, well, there's a test later. Yes, yes, it comes back to haunt yeah. twice more in the rest of the episodes. But um, it doesn't make him look good. You know what? It, it's a game, and it has feelings. It's all part and parcel. I mean, yes, you're going to hurt people's feelings if you're going to go against an alliance that you've had for weeks. But people have to understand that that's that's what happens. So then we get Flick palling around with Lee and Elle, and she actually ends up making a final three alliance with them, therefore excluding Christy and turning on her. Well, eventually turning on her, but yeah. But she actually sees them talking together without her, so she sort of just has a little freak out. Yes, a typical Christy freak out. She, um, she said sometime around now that um, there were a lot of people who fell victim thinking they had control of me. She actually named the people who, th- who thought they had control of her: Phoebe, Sue, Brooke. Mm. I think mm. that, I think that's a that could potentially be a perfect winner quote, like a quote that would be like something that they play back at the reunion, saying, um, "You know, look at how Christy won Survivor." I would never. Do you remember us talking about Christy when she was freaking out over her bag? I would never. I think I said she'd probably go out the next episode. I was hoping she would. Hoping. I would. I would. Yeah, because she was insane. That's a good thing, Michelle. <laughs> I know. I'm being a bit of a casual fan there. But she was driving me crazy, and I just never would have thought she'd have got this far at that point. Yeah, I didn't know she'd make it this far, but I'm grateful she re- I'm really grateful she did. She's she is interesting. And then she follows she follows up her confessional about people thinking they control her with I'm just gonna run to the dun- dunny. And I'm like, I love it when Australian vernacular and stuff gets <laughs> Sealed into reality television history by appear- by appearing on Australian Survivor. <laughs> like, it's pretty good. Like first first original shapes and then Dunny. Original and, shapes. <laughs> and then another one appearing later on in the episode. And a lot of people in the US know about Tim Tams now. Yes. <laughs> I'm disappointed they didn't call the undies undies though. <laughs> yeah, big missed opportunity there. So after Christy does her Dunny run, she runs into Matt and they end up making a deal. And yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty much like a thing of like Lee eventually noticing Christy's gone to the Dunny and never came back. And then they freak out and uh, think they might, she might fall in something with Matt. And then they think, Oh, she's not that stupid, even though it's stupid. It's not really stupid considering they're just about to vote her out. So I know, but we do get the scene of, of Matt and Christy having a big thing where they plan out the numbers and such in the sand, but, and then they're almost found out, but then they managed to, like, uh, cross it out before the girls find them. Uh, Christy's big at writing in the sand. She likes that. It's a, it's a good thing out here, especially when nobody has a pen and paper, except for Barry. That's how that's, well, yeah. how, that's how it's decided who to vote for, mm. with that mystery pen and paper. Um, and when when uh, Flick was walking up to them on, uh, on the sand and she said, um, don't, with, don't mess with me, because if she's with Maddie... She said that a few times during Survivor. Don't mess with me. Or don't go against me. Where are we up Matt to now? Ha- Matt has a really prominent farmer's stand. Like his arms Pro- his arms are brown and his chest is like Casper White. I didn't notice that. Well chest and oh his uh his arms and neck are brown and his ch- and his chest is Casper White. <laughs> he mustn't go swimming. Ever. I don't think so. Or he wears a rashy. I mean, While he goes swimming, <laughs> I mean, but you have Craig, you have Craig, then Nick, then Sam and Lee. They're all like tanned, and 
stuff, and then you get to Matt, and he's never been outside in his life, apparently. Well, we if rag, he's a magician, yeah. We rag, on, we rag on this every time, but, yeah, it's funny. It's just funny to point out. Well, you know what? If he's if he's a magician and he's practicing his magic tricks all the time, he's also he's, he's not he's not just a ma- not just a magician. What else does he do? He's a mentalist as well. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that part. <laughs> yeah, like he's like Simon Simon Baker in that TV show. I forgot the mentalist. Yes, I know. I know what you're talking about. Oh, God. So after that, uh, Lee touches base with Christy to see if, see if everything is okay. And uh, and says something surprising. About- Matty is good at playing the victim. Really? That's what he said. I mean. I mean, really? Really what? I mean. Really? Are you going to say someone else is playing the victim when you, what compared to what you were just doing last night? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have. A few of the people, a few of the people left grated on me this week. I, or, that's all I'll say at this point. Mm. And I, you know, when who asked who? Um, I think Christy asked Lee about his relationship with Flick, and he said, "Why would that impact you? My relationship with Flick. I mean, really? Why would he? Why? I don't even understand why he would say that line because everyone's relationship with everyone affects everyone." Yeah, it's like you got to think like when you when you're making that conversation, you need to like reassure them, not sort of like scold them for bringing it up. It's sort of like you know, can't, Christy kind of realizes halfway through this conversation that they're taking a flick to the top three instead of her. Mm. One of her next quotes is she says, "At the end of the day, I'm going to make a decision, and it's going to be based on me." And it's like, yeah, small winner quotes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Possibly. And then the next scene we have Matt saying to Flick that we need we need to realise that we signed up for Survivor not to make friends. And it's like <gasps> Yes. Mm. Didn't you just say before that mm. this is not a game? What is he saying? Why is he totally contradicting himself in what, the space of hours? I mean you don't you don't you don't need to ask why, you just need to know that he is. Mm. No, I'm always asking why. It's why like, do people do the things they do? All in all, it's just like, um, hmm, Matt, why are you just saying this is a personal experience and not just a game? Yes. Don't personal experiences involve making friends? I just looked at it. I looked at the screen and just said, what? What did you just say? Seriously. <laughs> well, through this, Flick is hanging out with Matt and Sam and they're pretty much badgering her to try and make a move they want her to make, basically. They underhandedly try to tell her how to play the game and then how to make the final two, and then they like pretty much tell her they need, she needs to sign with them as well as Christy. Mm. And through this scene, we also get Sam saying that the uh, Sanapu can win, the underdog can win. And it's like, uh, Sam, Sanapu, underdogs? I know, and, and he said that to Flick. The underdog can win. I have never seen Flick as an underdog ever. Well, I think he, he, he more meant Sanapu can win. Because mm. he because he somehow thinks that Sanapu are underdogs. Oh dear, I don't understand what's going on with them. Yeah, it's ugh. it's like delusion. <laughs> There's delusion all over the place. Delusion, convince yourself. <laughs> anyway, we get to our first reward challenge of the week because there's going to be many more to come, which is this big counting challenge. Counting pathfinding puzzle thing. We have to it's ca- huge. Well, it's technically small, but it's still huge. They have to count the number of items in a box with each mm. each different item representing a coordinate post. Following that, they have in- a table indicating each item number, which corresponds to a coordinates in a sandpit with posts, and they have to wrap rope around the corresponding numbers and dig where the rope intersects to find a bag of puzzle pieces. And once they have that bag of puzzle pieces, that's solve the puzzle. And the first to solve said puzzle wins reward. They looked. It looked really hot. When they were doing that, I well, don't know. I felt hot watching them. Well, it, it's Samoa. Well, I, <laughs> I know that, but some days they seem to look like normal or cool or like Sydney. You know, uh, that's an oxymoron. There's no such thing as a, there's no such thing as a cold Sydney. Yes, there is. 
It's a cold Sydney. I was, okay, you're I was, living in the bush where it sometimes snows, so understandably. That, I, live in the, I live in the tropics. There's no snow up here. <laughs> sometimes there's snow in Lismore on the off chance. There's frost, but no snow. Okay. And then the rest of the, and then the other 11 months of the year, it's like 30 plus degrees with like 80% humidity. But Sydney does get cold. It had a cold breeze today. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put a cardi on. <laughs> uh, oh, tragic you, Michelle. <laughs> I said that on purpose. Yeah. So the re- the reward is a luxury spa. Spa. I I assume you pronounce it S P A A A A H. Yes. Spa. Yeah. And it's uh, we pretty much described everything that we pretty much described everything that happens in the challenge. So it's like, you know, biggest thing I noticed from the challenge is like when it's just started and they've counted their items, the flicks the first out, and she's instead of like running, she sort of just like casually strolls to the next station. Mm. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah, it took Flick so long to dig up that bag. I think it's everyone long to dig up the bag because, like, <sighs> I think it was like. I think because of the puzzle pieces, it's sort of like elongated and sort of flattened out. So if you, even if you found the bat, you couldn't pull it out because it would be flattened out. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yada, 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 Matt wins. And afterwards, he find that he and everyone else, I guess, finds out that they're actually going to trouble council that night. Yeah. Which Interesting. Is a, which is a shocker. Which <laughs> yeah. is a shocker. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Um. That's a very Aussie term, shocker. Shocker. S H O C K A H. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and then the conversations start all over again. Yeah, everyone comes back from a ward and plans to vote out Matt or Sam, and then we get conversations like Matt is probably the biggest strategist out here besides me, and it's like, I interesting way of pronouncing that flick. Your and fastest is on the wrong syllable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Took me a while to figure out what you just said. Yeah. Um. And Sam says, Lee's got so much control, I guess. I guess. I'm sure. I don't think Lee's had much control the entire game. Well, he's got it now. Yeah, he's got it now. But up until that point, he was well, he, he was just part of the big alliance. Well, he was, part, he was part of the big alliance on Aganoa. Then he eventually won, he and Elle eventually won their way into the big alliance on Sanapu. And then on Fia as well. And they took over the game from Brooke. So... Yeah, matter of perspective, I guess. Mm. And uh, Christy pretty much agonizes over whether or not to flip over. So that's that happens. So then Sam and Matt once again try to turn Christy and Flick on Ellen Lee by telling them that Sanapu are the underdogs now. And it's like, what? You, you keep saying that word, Sam. I do not think it means what you think it means. I know. Yeah, it's, it's a, just a big long scene of Sam's delusional attempts to guilt trip, even though, like, uh, you you already tried to do exactly what they did first. Don't try to pull the moral card here. And then Matt said the exact words. You've got to remember that this is a game. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Hmm. Seriously. I think the editors don't like him. What do you think? <laughs> they must have seen that and thought, okay, we've got to put that in. That's gold. Gold has to go in. So it turns out that... When they go to Trouble Council, it's not actually a vote out, it's a reward, which I don't think they've done in a while. But like the last time they did it in the US Survivor was, I think, back in China. They had a reward right after a Trouble Council in which someone was eliminated, but that's all I can think of. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, basically unheard of. So the reward challenge is, it's the touchy subjects challenge where everyone is polled on their opinions of their fellow castaways and they must guess which answer was the most popular. So, and those who get them right get to smash a square belonging to their tribe mate. After five squares are smashed, they're gone. So last person standing wins reward, which is joining Matt on his luxury spa. This is a great game to watch, an awful game to play. Yeah, especially if you're on the the, um, receiving end of a lot of the answers. I hate playing this game in orgs and it just messes with your alliance it messes with your head it just ruins things that's the intention Um, that's the intention well exactly but i think they should have done it a bit earlier than just final six still though it's precarious it's a precarious point in the game so they need and that i imagine the producers want to break something up there 
Mm. Well, it's it's good that they've done it, at least. A few things happened, but like a few funny things happened, but like the the answers, I think we'll go through them just to analyze them. Mm. So first up, we have most deserves to win is Sam. This uh, these answers contradict each other. Yeah, yeah, I think I imagine it was like three people said Sam for the most deserving, and then three said the least deserving, but they're different people. But they're majority both times. Yes. Yeah. So then, the, and then least deserves to win with Sam somehow. I, and I then know. the next one was who is playing the game more than anyone, which was Flick, who is riding under the radar. L. Duh. Agree, agree, both of them. Yeah, and it's like, and then they basically skip over a bunch of the answers, and it's like they yada they they yada yada it basically. And, and, mm. it's, like, and it's like you can't yada yada that. Maybe you spent less. <laughs> maybe you spent like less than fifty seconds showing them writing down their answers. You could explain how we got here. Yes. So then we get who is least likely to win the game, which is Sam. Who's the most popular player? Lee, obviously. Uh, who is the least popular player? Christy. And <laughs> Flick actually cheers because this is the first question she got right, but it makes her look such yes. insensitive. It, it does. So then, who who do you most want to see next to you in the final two? L. Now that's a question which is like it's basically um there's variations of it that go on each each time this this game pops up and one of it's usually a variation of who would you trust of your life and then you have mm. you have, always have people like uh Sari JT Kim Spradlin they always get they get answered for that question mm. and I'm like if you're a good if you're a good player and you're playing that challenge that person immediately needs to go to the top of your list even if you're aligned with them because like. That means the majority of people think that they're aligned with him, her, which meant her or him, and that means a lot of people are in good with them. So you need to you need to check that. Mm, I agree. And then we have who do you mo- who do you want least sitting next to you in the final two, and that's Sam. I don't know why they say that. Because he's a, because he's the CEO of a like a a youth mental health charity, and he probably like. <sighs> Win on sympathy alone, which does happen. But even though he doesn't have a, a game, well, you don't really need a game. You just need to. Be, you just need to make it to the final two, being more likely than the person sitting next to you. So if, she, if she, he made it with Flick, say, or he made it with Flick or Kylie, he, he would probably win. I personally wouldn't want to be next to Flick at the final two because she's had such a good game, and even though some people might not like her gameplay, sometimes people get votes. Because they have had good gameplay more so than the other person. Well, like, it doesn't really matter about your gameplay. It matters about whether you're liked or not. Not all. Not every time. Every time. Can you name some? Can you name someone who was who won in the final two despite despite being hated more than the person sitting next to them? Um. Exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking. I don't know. Sometimes it's much of a muchness, isn't it, with both of them? But it's, there's still one. There's still one person that's that's disliked more, less or more than the other. I suppose. Do you really think it's it, people win hundred percent on social game? Yes. Great. Do you disagree? Okay. Well, like no, no, no. I know. I know. In I know. In in my experience, in my old, I've. Not always voted for the person, but that's that's, that's the different. Most that's, different. that's different, though. That's that's an online reality game. That's completely different circumstances. It's not the personal circumstances of a reality of an actual reality show. I, un- I like, understand you're, you're that not, you're, not, you're not living with your competitors. You're not being around them for forty days straight with no no break, and you're not starving, and you're not. There's no monetary prize at the end of an ORG. Yeah, I know that, but sometimes I take into account. People's games, strategies, what they've done. But to you're get not. The end. But you're not on Real Survivor. That's the thing. Do you think? Do you think people there take into account the living circumstances more? Is that what you're saying? Like, what do you mean? They're they're. Uh, well, you're saying being with them twenty four seven. So are you taking into account that they're thinking about their manners around camp no, and, I'm just, I'm and just how saying, they live with them. No, I'm just saying you don't, I'm just, I'm just saying like you don't, you're not living with these, uh, these people who you play ORGs with. So like, no. you don't, you don't get sick of that. You don't get sick of them. You don't have like, you don't have, you sort of like have this distant view of them rather than a personal view of them. 
Yeah, I I so, understand. So like you can't you can't hate someone or like someone to the extent that people do on a real survivor. Yeah, I agree there. I agree there, but I think I'd still think I'd still think strategy as well. That that plays a part, but it, but social game trumps all else. Mm. Like yeah, like every, everyone liked Kim. Everyone liked JT, even though, even though you know, say so the person they went to the end with probably needed the money more, or was more liked, or or whatever, you, what have you. Mm. So it's like if you if you make it to this final two and you're sitting next to someone who the jury do not like, even if they like controlled the game and didn't make moves, you you will win. Like, I, so you do, if you think if Russell was at the end at any point with someone. I don't know how someone could be more unlikable. Someone more unlikable than him, then Russell could have won. Or equally unlikable, if, if Russell, and Russell had more gameplay. Uh, well, see, nobody really goes to the same extent of of uh, make of making terrible decisions with regards to social games as Russell does. Because, like, I know he had no idea. <laughs> like, uh, I don't think he he his idea of someone he can win against is weak woman. Yeah, I know. And the only re- the only reason he the only reason Mick was there was because of, of the of the alliance, and he thought he could beat Brett or whatever in the final mm-hmm. four in the final four immunity challenge. So like, he's he if he wanted to win, he he should have gone to the end with John Fincher and Shamber because that a they both flipped on the they both flipped on the tribe that made up majority of the jury. So mm-hmm. he he would have won easily for not being them for not destroying their tribe. Yeah, or for not being part of, for not being originally part of their tribe and destroying their tribe. But you know he wouldn't because that's not how that's not how he, that's not how he thinks he should win, and mm. that's why he's never gonna never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it, never gonna get it. <laughs> whoa, 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 we whoa! Do, we could do a whole podcast on um, winners and how they got there. Uh, it's been done. Has it? Lots of people have done that. Like you know, just you know, analyze, talking about the winners, anal- all the winners, analyzing the games. It basically all boils down to you know. Katie was hated hated more than Tom. Uh, Steph was hated by everyone except for Rafe. I don't understand why Steph was hated. She's annoying. She's an you know she's annoying, and nobody wants to live with her. And she eats, she eats time. everything. <laughs> You're hungry. <laughs> yeah. So that and so also in familiar Sam Sam news, we get no, he also gets most likely to blindside you and worst listener. He gets and everything. Including first out of the challenge because he's knocked out first. Yeah, no. <laughs> then everyone else gets knocked out in a single round except Matt and Flick, and uh, Flick wins with the with the final question, with the worst listener question, and gets to go on reward. And exclaims, "Winner, winner, chicken dinner!" I love that phrase. <laughs> Is that a worldwide phrase? Yeah, I heard it on Archer once. Oh, okay. And who coined it? I'd love to know where it came from. Ask an etymologist. So then they take they take Christy with them on reward because yes. she because she hasn't won anything yet. That's that's nice. That's sweet. Yeah. So then when they go off to the resort, Lee, Earl, and Sam are sent to Exile Beach to starve it out. That's tragic. That's funny. Why didn't they look for an idol? Probably because there wasn't one hidden there. But there was one hidden there the last time. It would still be hidden, wouldn't it? Uh. Production probably go, go around there and take it out. Either that, or it never came into play. Mm. So then, in the next, then we ended the episode there. But then you know, there's another one because it leads right on from there, where we get to glimpse at we get a glimpse at the reward, which is a resort with breakfast and pampering and spa and etc. Oh, I could almost smell their clean hair. Being a girl, how good it would have been. Okay. <laughs> no, no comment. You could you could maybe uh, taste the eggs that were on the table. They look good. They did look yellow. Mm. I like <laughs> how Matt and Flick are still in their like rags and their and bikini, and Christy has like this luxurious velvety black nightgown that we haven't seen before. Yeah, it must have been on the bed. I suppose Matt Matt didn't want to wear the nightgown. Possibly not. <laughs> I'd wear a fluffy robe, though. That's a different There's show. There's probably robes. That's a different show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so then Flick and Matt, like, immediately start strategizing and trying to think of the ways to overthrow Lee and Earl, after which, you know, we get a scene of Christy and Flick basically form what could possibly, maybe, be a final two alliance. 
Yeah. It's possible. Yes. I, d- I don't know who would win out of those two. I know everyone's saying Christy's going to win. Not everyone, but just, me, just me, very loudly and repeatedly. Well, and, and Michael. Yeah. Not true. I'm interested to see what's going to happen. It's just, it's, it's possible. It's definitely not impossible. No, it's not impossible. Definitely not. Yeah. So back on Exile Beach, apparently the night was terrible, but we didn't see any of it. So, oh, well, it's... No sleep, no food. And Sam gives Lee a bit of coconut. Lee looks desperate (laughs) trying to eat anything. Yeah, he he almost collapsed while making the fire. Oh god! And then he also said, and then he also says that he, it's okay as long as Sam's just as depleted as he is. Yes, I know. We're, we're hearing more from Lee now and his uh, true nature that we didn't hear before. The mask has slipped, as they would say on Digital Spy. <laughs> that makes sense to like one percent of you, I, I guarantee. Anyway, we, we're on to reward challenge number three. Yeah. In teams, they must smash open a coconut, transport the water in a shell through an obstacle course, which is a balance beam, and then drip the coconut water into the last person's mouth, who must walk through a netting and spit the jar, spit the water into a jar at the end of the course. The first team to fill the jar to the black line wins reward. And, it was so gross. And the reward is an advantage at the next immunity challenge. And the teams are Team Team Exile Beach and Team What's Left. Um. It, you know what? I was saying it's gross, and my daughter was looking at it, going, "Ugh!" But nothing, nothing ever could be as gross as that meat challenge they did. What season was it? Uh, Amazon and I think oh so- South Pacific God. as well. Where they had to bite the meat off and spit it. I, I mean, that was truly heinous. Well, I'll say one thing. At least, like, at least the the, the second person did transport via mouth as well. So they didn't they didn't like um they didn't get the coconut entered into their mouth and then go through the go over the the uh, balance beam and, and then spit into the other person's mouth. Oh, so gross! There's always a worse option, is what I'm getting at. Yes, yes. Um, and Christy was absolutely terrible at trying to get that into Flick's mouth. To be fair, wind. Yes, wind, but you need to take that into account and move your coconut. Yeah, I like how it's all just Christy pouring it everywhere over Flick's face, except her mouth. No, it was just, I'm like, what are you doing? You don't stand a chance anyway with the size of Lee's mouth, but try. Come on. The first thing Flick said at the start of the challenge was, I'll hold it in my mouth, I have a big mouth. Yeah. It's like, ha, how funny. <laughs> and uh well she does one thing i thought while watching this is uh considering they want to get rid of sam like considering everyone wants to get rid of sam except for matt wouldn't it be wouldn't it have been beneficial for ellen lee to throw the challenge uh yeah quite possibly but no one's talked about throwing challenges in australian survivor not on screen at least well no not not on screen it's it, it's, um, possible, it's possible it happened but it's not it might not be a thing they want to put across i don't know Mm. So yeah. the yellow team, aka Ellie and Sam, win reward after a comeback. Yeah. So they get the they get the advantage at the next immunity challenge. I think that I mean I quite like that they won because they'd had an awful night. It's nice of them to get something. Uh, it's like they're possibly my least my bottom three left so far. So like, oh, so you didn't want them to have anything? Yeah, not really. <laughs> I'd, I'd I like I'd like Flick and Christy to win things. <laughs> okay. And, and the last shot of the of the reward challenge is Christy just drinking the coconut water, which is I thought was pretty funny. I know. I think they were thirsty. It does quench your thirst. At least that's what it says in the packets here at Coles. God, no, I don't buy the Coles. I've only ever had coconut water out of a real coconut. It's good. It's good for dehydration and hangovers. Really? Yeah. I like, did not know that. Like back when back in my wild twenties, which I'm. Back in my wild twenty-year-oldness, uh, yeah. when I used to live with uh, when I used to live in like a house of teenagers, I uh, and go to the Gold Coast and Byron Bay and stuff for for nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had to, when I got into work the next morning, my immediate thing was like stopping at the uh, stopping at the bottle shop on the way there and getting a getting a can of coconut water out of the out of the um, fridge. Oh. Bottle shop used to sell coconut water. That's unusual. Well, we li- well, 
I live near like Nimbin. Remember that? Oh yes. <laughs> so then, uh, once we get back to camp, we get Lee complaining about going at Exile Beach despite not having done anything wrong, and it's like. You know, following that line of logic, so does that mean that he thinks Sam and Elle do something wrong and deserve to go to Exile Beach? And, and and when is Exile Beach a jail? Like, when is it somewhere that's um, to uh, have some time out? Well, you don't get to eat there. It's sort of like solitary. It's sort of like solitary confinement. You know, exile. I wonder if there are any coconuts in the trees there. If there is a possibility, and I mean, there must well, have been. Well, they ate one. Yeah, so there's something there. It's just not rice and beans. Nope. So after saying that they need to beat Sam and win immunity, we get the scene of Elle and Lee by the water, like sort of talking about how they like each other. And yeah. it's, sort of, it's sort of cute in theory, but they have the chemistry of a tepid bottle of water, at least on screen. So it's sort of like, I'm sure they like each other, but uh, it's, they're boring. I, they're not showing anything on screen. And maybe that was... They didn't want to. Maybe they didn't want to make themselves a target, so they only ever did it at night time. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. It also you, makes, they it, could. It, also, it also makes sense why there's so much, so many like direct lines of questioning at Trouble Councils this episode, like asking, uh, "Oh, do you think do you think Elle and Lee are threat? Elle and Lee are threat? Maybe do you reckon you should get rid of them? Maybe because mm. like if you're not providing content, <laughs> we're going to um, make you known. Pretty much, yeah." <laughs> So this is then followed by Matt and Sam talking about how being with Flick and Christy and how they're voting out Lee if he loses immunity and Elle if he doesn't. And this is then followed by Christy being convinced that Flick doesn't have her back and is lying about ba- and is lying and backstabbing people and will throw her under, under the bus and etc. 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 And uh, this, le- done- this, this leads to a sort of another minor anxiety attack sort of thing, which is sad to watch because oh, no seriously oh, this is it's like really sad to watch. Yeah, but she's paranoid. She has these paranoid things all the time. Uh, that's, that doesn't reduce the seriousness of them. They're... Well, no, I I understand that, but um, she doesn't seem to trust anyone ever. Well, you shouldn't, in, especially in Survivor. Hmm. I mean, not, hmm. every, not everyone can be Ellen Lee. Well, no, but it, it'd be not. It's nice if you can trust one person. Yeah. So you're not totally paranoid all the time. Yeah, they all reassure her though, but then like Lisa used the opportunity to tell her about game stuff, which is like it's basically instructing her, don't flip to the other side, don't flip to the other side. And it's like, dude. In front of everyone, I know. He said people throw magical options and magical scenarios. Yeah. And, and he said that in front of everyone, and I was thinking, oh, geez, Lee, stop. But then Flick decides that Christy might spill the beans on the Matt Alliance, so she goes and does it first. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm, it's not like I'm, it's going to end with someone I like going home because, well, considering the end of the episode, but, like, still, it's weird. It's like... It, it is, isn't I don't, it? I don't trust Christy. She might spill the beans. I better do it first. I I don't... I'm sure that I'm sure there was, like, diff, I'm sure there was certain things leading up to that scenario, but still, it's pretty weird and funny. I think it was weird. I don't understand it. I can, I can understand it... Oh. In a tiny way, in that, yeah, you, you get in there before someone else can get you. Considering but, that, considering there's no immunity idols going around, at least none that we know of, it's yeah. sort of like, you know, there's not there's nothing really bad about telling someone they're going home. I mean, it's not, no. the, it's not the polite thing to do. Yeah. But it's not like they can really do anything about it. Well, the, the advantage, the advantage, but all that does is basically like, Make sure that only that two people have to flip instead of one, but you know that's Christian Christ and Flicker together. So yeah, you know. but it makes you look good. Yeah, so but I don't know. It could it could have backfired on her. Something like that. Sam. Then right before they head to the immunity, Sam calls L and Lee the control freaks of this game, and I'm like, the fuck? He's like demonized them because they're the best players. Like, what kind of moralizing BS? I don't like Sam, by the way. I I, I know that. But yes, I mean they're not—they're not controlling the game. I don't know. The edit for Sam and Lee the last the last week has been really heavy in everyone thinking they're controlling and they're a couple. They're the power couple. Sam and Lee are I a couple. S- no, sorry, Lionel. <laughs> no, Lionel. But I don't see them 
as much as a controlling couple as I saw Rowan and um, Phoebe. No. True. Yeah, Rowan and Phoebe. Agano is just filled with control freaks. <laughs> I mean, seriously, can you think of anyone on Agano who wasn't a control freak? Um, no. It, w- it pretty much was like the filled to the brim of all these personalities. For good, mm. or, for good or for bad. Mm. Yeah. But you need the personalities. Yes. It, that, mm. was, that was the personality tribe. Anyway, yeah. uh, immunity for the first time in what seems like three years. <laughs> where they had to balance on a ridge pontoon out in the ocean, stepping out every ten minutes or so. Or was it half an hour? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Stepping up, every, stepping up intermittently, and the last one to fall off or not fall off wins immunity. It wasn't every ten minutes. The uh, Lee, Ellen, Sam got on after ten minutes that after was that, they'd started. Oh yeah, that was their advantage. I think it was like every half an hour then. Yeah, it was it was going on for ages because Lee only won at ninety minutes or after ninety minutes. So and they only went up two three runs. So probably every half hour then. Mm, yeah, I like how like the ones who won the advantage are the are like the ones who probably didn't even need it anyway because like you know Matt, Christy, and Flick aren't particularly fit. So they probably would have wasted, they, even if they had the advantage, probably would have like lost in like five minutes anyway. Mm. Like based on how Flick did it this challenge, I imagine she probably would have like fallen off, huh? fallen off while trying to get on. <laughs> probably fallen off before she started. Like um, we're five minutes in, they have yet to use the advantage, and Flick is down. <laughs> She's not good at challenges. Uh, not you don't have to be. No, you don't have to be. I mean, you, if it's good, to, it's good if you can hide that you're not good at challenges in the opening pre. If you can, it's not. It's good if you can hide that you're not good at challenges in the pre-merge. But once the merge comes, it doesn't matter unless you're like not in a good position. Mm. This is really the annual pose, like you're about to take a dump challenge, isn't it? Because <laughs> I, I don't. Because everyone's everyone like, standing up though. Everyone's everyone except L seem to be doing that, like yeah, doing that squatted pose. It was weird. I think, you know, more. it's more of a balance when you're sort of your body is over the structure than just hanging up in the air maybe. But Ellen Lee stood up compared to everyone else, didn't they? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, good balance. So then at once, so Flick loses, Chrissy loses, then Matt loses, and then everyone finally gets to the top rung where they pretty much crumple like in five seconds. But, mm. but Lee is the only one who stays up long enough to win immunity, so he wins immunity. Second in a row. Yeah, he waited till the last second to get up there, and he just fell off a bit after a bit after Sam. Yeah, that's, Good. that's loopholes. Yeah. They got to camp, and Sam and Matt had to pretend they think that Sam is going so they can lull Ellen Lee into a false sense of security so they don't use the advantage. And then we find also find out that everyone actually knows about Lee's advantage, and it's like, what? How? Why? Who? Who told them? Why? How? <laughs> he must have told them at some point. I, I guess they were his alliance at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get then we also uh, get Lee, L, Flick, and Christy playing to split the votes on Sam and Matt just in case of a hidden idol, even though there's none in play really. While Christy and Flick are questioning whether they should work with Sam and Matt or not, but then Christy goes and blabs the plan to Lee. I know, and Flick's eyes go strange when they walk off together. Yes. Editing's <laughs> fun. I know, I know that. Um, and this is, this is not a good showing for Lee. No. Because he basically just tells her to stay strong to the alliance that's going to vote her out at the final four anyway. I know. And then he like barely even sells her a good strategy because he's just saying, like, if you do this, if you flip on us, you're going to have to look back on that time and betray us to someone better. And it's like, that's kind of how alliance shifting works, Lee. Mm. Um, by the by, the time we got to tribal council, my head was so confused. Well, I wasn't confused. I knew what was going on, but the amount of different people that had talked to different others about the different alliances and what they might do, and then what they might not do, and my head was like, "Oh, come on! Can can someone just stay with something and stick with it?" I was I was like, "Oh, I've had enough." That's why it's called suspense. Well, I know, I know, but just do my head in. 
And then like the final point is Christy having Christy pointing out that she thinks one of Lily and Elle are going to win and he basically gets outraged at her, like telling her she can't do that because the game moves so quickly and it's like what? No, that's not how logic works, Lee. The <laughs> game moves so quickly because... Oh, never mind. You don't understand. <laughs> oh, dear. And then Ellen Lee start talking and they and he tells her about how Flick is Flick might be flipping and then how it's... They basically just say it's a super game move for basically no reason other than it doesn't benefit them. Yeah. And, and it's like myopia much? Yeah, well, why... I mean... Uh... No move is a stupid game move unless you're, you know, <laughs> I don't know. There's, there aren't many stupid game moves in changing alliances and, and things like that if you're trying to stay in the game anyway. If you want to get to the end, you've got to try anything. To me, a stupid a stupid move in Survivor is doing something that goes against your own interests and will not, not benefit you in any way. So, yeah. like, so like Matt spilling the beans on Jenna Louise last week or a few weeks ago to... Flick and Brooke and Ellen stuff. So much tattletailing yeah, in this season a, of Survivor. That's a bad move. You can't say that Flick and Christy flipping on you is a bad move because just because it doesn't benefit you, if it benefits them, it's not a bad move. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Just a bad move for your game. Anyway, we get to Trouble Council where we finally see the jury again after five years. <laughs> and- We've been having a lovely time at uh, Jury Villa. And there's this shot of Flick just, like, smiling over the jury, and then we get a shot oh. of Brooke's glaring daggers back. I loved it. Oh, my Lord. And Flick was trying so hard to get Brooke to smile, but no, no, no. <laughs> There'll be none of that. There's still none of that now. Uh, I, I loved – I, I should have mentioned that I loved her move last week, if only because it was just hugely shocking. It was actually a huge blindside at, that, at this point, at this point in the game, and it didn't involve, yeah. it didn't involve any idols whatsoever. Who'd have thought that could happen? Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I would have noticed, I would have noted this if we'd actually got the podcast in the last few weeks, but Jenna on the jury, she looks a lot like Purple Kelly. We talked about Purple Kelly last week on the podcast. Oh, yeah, you did. (laughs) Remember that? (laughs) Um, Did, did. Uh yeah okay yeah it's just the way yeah, it's, it's, just the, it's just even though like Kelly's twenty years old and uh, generally is like thirty I think or late twenties mm. it's just like it's the it's the way that her hair is a bit like her hair's flat sort of like flat and flat iron and stuff mm. and then uh, and it's also the way her her face is made up how her like her makeup is done and, and such mm. I'll have to have a look I hadn't noticed I'll get a side by side comparison at one point okay so you do that. So Lee is asked why it's too early to make a move, and he basically just says he doesn't really give an answer. He just says because things happen. It's like no, that's not an answer. <laughs> um, Jonathan tries, doesn't he? To the benefit of the show. Well, yes. A lot of people haven't liked that he's asked so many questions, but I, I think it's really good. He does it in such a charming way. It's not like Jeff Probst who, who yells them basically. <laughs> well, yes, and I don't know. Jonathan and seems more direct. Also, jo- also, Jonathan hasn't asked if um if the tribe texts with "Why are you or you?" So, what? Remember that in uh, US Survivor, where like he asked the Gen, Gen-, Gen X tribe if they text. Oh with, yes, uh, if they spell "Why are you" with "Why are yes. you" or "you." What was that about? Did somebody say hammering home the season theme? That's ridiculous. Sometimes I use you and sometimes I use the full you. I mean, I'm Generation X. It doesn't make me totally Generation X the way I write you. Mm. It's ridiculous. And I do both. Yeah. So, you know, you know, a really good moment I really like, Elle just flat out admits that she's voting for Sam when she's when first pushed on it, which is hilarious because, I mean, it probably won't win her his jury vote, but still. No. I was, I was, yeah, I was shocked. So then Sam actually calls out Ellen Lee as the ones in charge, but Elle correctly and astutely points out that they're not actually in charge because Flick and Christy are the ones in the middle and decide and can decide to go whatever way they want, which is, I love, I love it when people do that sort of thing where it's like, back in, it's like back in Kagayan when uh, everyone seemed to think that Tony was in control and it's like, Wu actually said that, um, said 
correctly and astutely pointed out, um, if Tony's going to get the end, he's not going to get the, he's not going to get to the end without without us, us being Wu and Trish and stuff. Yeah. So it's not less. It like puts it's goes against sort of like the Russell's sort of thing where like Russell controlled everyone. He controlled the vote. He made them do whatever they wanted. And it's like no people have their own interests. They do things if they think it's against their own, if they think it's their own interests. It's not like him saying him saying vote this person out. The other person being okay. It's like they do it because mm. it's again it's for their interests. You need an alliance to get to the end. Yeah, that. And the last, the last, the last few minutes of the discussion basically end with Christy and Flick both repeating some variation of "My word is loyal to the one that I'm loyal to, and who I promise my word to loyalty." As as I said on Twitter, when Christy said I'm going to stick to my word, I asked, "What word is that?" That's the point. It's supposed. To- that they're purposely being vague because they can't flat out admit I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to I'm gonna stick to Ellen Lee. Yeah, I know. And just as so they get to the vote, Lee actually finally eventually uses his advantage to cancel Sam's vote. And like they do it in a way that like um they add this huge suspenseful pause when he's about to announce who it is, like even after an ad break. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna use my advantage on ad break. And then it comes back. I'm going to use my advantage on cuts to someone else, cut to someone else, cut to someone else. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's it's adding a giant pause when it's very clearly not there. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the, how they do that in Hell's Kitchen? Um, yeah. Where but they do that on a lot of reality shows. Yeah, but it's just, it's just very, very obvious that, that there's no actual pause there. Because, like, um, you know, when they're announcing the second name of who they're nominating, it's like, um, we've nominated, and then it's cuts, like, five different ways, and, it, like, they add, a, they add them saying, uh... Into there just to make it look like they're like um, having a huge pause of like um oh no what do I say I'm about to pick ass but your friends what do I say so like the audience yeah. is not that dumb they know what's happening I I beg to differ some of them would not some of them would think that was you know true blue what was happening yeah so anyway they get to the vote where we for the first bit we only see Matt voting for L. And eventually it comes back and it's a 2-2-1 vote with two votes for Sam, two votes for Matt, and Matt's vote for Elle. So it goes to a revote because they split the vote and everything went to plan for them. And Sam is gone. Yeah, so we see, we see Flick voting for Sam and then it's a four, and then we find out it's a four, four zero vote to Sam, sending him to the jury in sixth place. And, uh, then we get his, fi- we also get his final words where he calls Matt the underdog and wants to see him win. It's like, and no chance. I wouldn't say Matt's an underdog. I'd say he's more like a pest. He has no chance of winning. Like he's, well, he's compared to Christie's underdog story, he's nothing. Yeah. Like all he's really done is hang around as the fifth person in alliance of four. So, of the five left, I think four of them have a chance to win, and Matt just just doesn't have a chance to win. What do you think? I th- yeah, I, I agree. I I think that um. I do think that actually, if I was to go into it, I think ostensibly they all five except Matt have a chance to win. Yeah. But I'd also narrow, I'd also cut out L and Flick for a reason. I'll probably go into it if you ask me later. But I don't think I, I doubt L and Flick will win because of, uh, reasons. But so I think it's either going to be, uh, Lee or, or Christy. But if there was L and Matt sitting together, and I don't know how that would happen, but if they were, Elle would win in that instance. Yes, definitely. Yeah. She'd get, she'd get the, um, she'd get the quote, mean girls, unquote, quote. Uh, yeah, quote, actually, no. you know what? Elle would only win if she was sitting next to Matt. Otherwise, she's not going to win. That's an interesting way of putting it. I mean. I don't think she'd win next to anybody else. Yeah. We'll have this discussion a bit later, but first, what are your thoughts on Sam? Um, you know what? At the beginning, I had him pegged as going right to the end, and he has got a long way, but I pegged him as someone different to the character than he was. You pegged, so, him, as, you pegged him as actually a nice guy? Uh, yeah, with a bit more gumption and a bit more um, drive in wanting to do things more than just right at the end yeah. here. Honestly, I thought, he'd, I thought he'd have less. I thought I thought he'd, be, I thought he'd just be dragged, dragged along his dumb muscle, but he actually thought of game moves. But that still doesn't change the fact that I thought overall he was sort of just annoying, moralizing, self-righteous bore who I was really glad to see go. Well, there like, you go. Like remember back to the remember back to the episodes when Nick got voted out, like the 
the two up two or three episodes it took to get him voted out. Mm. And Sam was just like constantly demonizing him for for being a snake and a sneak and playing Survivor and stuff. Mm. It's like, I mean, he wasn't the only one guilty of that, but he was the he was the most vocal about it. And it's like, dude, you're not. Oh, whatever. I didn't mind Nick. I like Nick. Um, I know some people don't, and maybe you don't, but I really, I, I, I liked the character that he was. I'll get to him at a later date, maybe at the end of the season, but not not now. This is my time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually, I, I did like. I'd, I'd say I liked, even though I spoke negatively of them at certain points. I liked Evan and Nick more than Sam when it comes right down to it. Yeah, I definitely like Nick more than Sam. I'm not going to say definitely, but probably. Like, but that's not high praise when I don't really like Sam. Anyway, uh, next time on Survivor, in the final week of Survivor, all hell breaks loose. All promises have come home to roost. World War Three has erupted. The Black Plague has returned. Fear, fear, are sitting on an atomic bomb. Millions could die, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> if if anyone gets that last reference, good on you. Are we in Simpsons? What? We're not in the Simpsons, are we? Uh, that was a reference to The Room. Oh, yeah. God. You know they're coming to Sydney soon? No. I think in February. You know who's coming to Sydney? Eliza. I was about to say Paris Hilton, but cool. Oh, She's been before. Eliza's coming. She's going to watch um, an episode of Survivor in November in a pub. I will be there. Cool. Wait. Just, just, to, just to see her eyes. Wait, she's having, like a, she's having like a viewing party? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. So, final five. I've only got two questions left. First, yeah. who do you want to win? Um, Lee or Flick. Good choice. I want Christy to win more than anyone. I know you do. And I know Michael does. Don't patronize me. I'm not patronizing you. It's just a, I know you do. I you know. Had, you I have that. You have that tone. You, you you use like children. Oh, I know. <laughs> I I do want Santa Claus to come this year as well. But you gotta be. You gotta be good. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um. Oh, I don't know. I know Christy's. I would deem Christy to be the underdog, yeah. and I usually do go for the underdog. I don't know. I've had this thing. I've liked Christy, but I've also had something against her this whole time, which is ridiculous because normally I don't. So last question for the podcast, who do you think will win Australian Survivor? Christy. I, even though I just like been putting my support support behind her all season, I think Lee will actually win. But if not him, definitely Christy. Mm. Yeah. Like it just seems like even though they haven't been milking his like status as a a sports person like they do on US Survivor Mm. all the time. It's sort of like he's gotten enough content that makes me think people would want to see him win. Even he's though, got if, more even now. Though, even though Christy is like major fan favorite at this point, I think Lee might have better content and Lee and Christy has this sort of stuff that makes her look like this could be why she doesn't win. Even though I'd love her to win, there's doubt there. Like I don't think Matt's going to win because they've made him look terrible. I don't think Elle's going to win because, well, they remember that remember back in the letters episode where she gave where like. I think it was her and Flick. They got involved in that letter swapping thing, and they got no focus for it whatsoever. Even though, like Christy and Matt got all this, all this focus for it. Mm. It's sort of like you know, Christy and Matt are going probably going to end up being more important than L. Yeah, I'm. D- yeah, I don't see L having any chance. Yeah, so oh, I, she's with Matt. So I think we've done for this the penultimate week of Survivor. Done. Dunzo, thank you so much for listening to our week nine recap of Australian Survivor from the Queens of the Island podcast here on Reality TV Warriors. Hopefully you can join us next week when we find out who is the Australian sole survivor. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover on next week on the podcast, feel free to contact us via our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, our Twitter page, RTV Warriors, or either of us via our personal Twitter accounts, Ink One Wife me and Bear three 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 for Michelle. Until next week, see you then. Bye. For the girl who lives above her means. For the girl who just won't give up. For the girl with a dream. Delusion. (laughs) Convince yourself. 